This is a podcast for the creative misfits, the right brain, rogue, or rebellious creatives who don't want to do work and life the way we've been told we have to. It's for anyone who has felt a sense of dissatisfaction with their career or with corporate BS. It's for anyone who has struggled and wanted to find greater purpose, to experience more authenticity, creativity, freedom, and satisfaction in how they live and work. Let's build a new way of doing things. Welcome to episode 13 of the Creative Misfits Club podcast. I'm Jessica. Today's episode is entitled, My Analog Eats Your AI for Breakfast. So as I record this, it's December 2022, and this little trend has hit the interwebs, the socials. It's this AI portrait trend. Now, some of them, of y'all's, are quite lovely. I also saw a really funny comedian skewer his in a really hysterical way. I personally haven't done it, haven't taken a look at it. But taken in the context of, let's say, a greater collective move to AI, to virtual realities, to new currencies, the metaverse, etc. Well, let's just say I have thoughts. I have some observations, but let me give an analogy. In this analogy, we are in a magnificent woods. It's this mythical land. There are these absolutely breathtaking mountain vistas. There's these glorious waterfalls. There's magical creatures. There's these magnificent, beautiful plants and flowers. It's amazing. It's like the most beautiful place you've ever seen. But some people, some people are getting stuck in this part of the woods, a dark part of the woods. They haven't seen all of these incredible vistas and waterfalls and flowers and creatures yet. They're in this dark part of the woods still. And they come across, maybe they see these glowing things. They, it intrigues them. They pick them up off the ground. They put them on their heads. And then they start exclaiming and obsessing over what they see in there. They're like, there's this amazing world inside. There's breathtaking mountain vistas. There's glorious waterfalls and magical creatures and amazing flowers. And they can't get over it. They're like, everybody, you got to see this. You got to get one of these. They're obsessing over this artificial reality of a magnificent woods in their headset when if they actually just took the headset off and walked, I don't know, another couple hundred yards, they would arrive at the actual magnificent mountain views and waterfalls and the magical creatures and all the gorgeous stuff. This is a lot like what this obsession with advancing artificial technologies and realities feels like to me. So a funny thing, if you Google the definition of metaverse, you know how in Google there are suggested questions that people are asking related to what you Googled? Here are the questions that come up when you Google that. What is the metaverse in simple terms? What the heck is metaverse? What is a metaverse example? And what is the purpose of metaverse? Ah, the questions. So much is contained in the questions. So I tend to gravitate towards 
that which I think is actually quite simple in life in general, rather than really convoluted and complex. So many of these things, the metaverse, etc., they're not just new tools. In many of them are new ways of doing things that we've done in other ways. And I am all for evolution and paradigm shifts, clearly, if you listen to this podcast. But when someone is touting something that is so convoluted and complex that to simply explain or understand it, <clears throat> such that people with advanced degrees struggle to explain it clearly, and people with advanced degrees have to go searching and digging to understand it clearly, then I think we still have some work to do. Might not be quite there yet. Or, as I've heard someone describe that I really liked, maybe it's a little bit like a, a very early and clunky step on the way to what will be a very new, advanced, new paradigm way of doing things, but one that now, in its current iteration, is still it still needs a lot more evolution before it becomes that crystal clear, revolutionary, and simple but profound new consciousness shift. I have to confess, I'm a little bit like this with NFTs too. I feel like a little kid. <laughs> you know how little kids are, they go through that stage where they're always asking, but why, but why, but why? To every question, you give an answer and they're like, but why? I feel like this when people explain NFTs. I'm like, okay, all right, but why? And then they give some answer. I'm like, but why? And to be honest with you, doesn't take that many but whys before I run out of convincing answers. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm in support of another medium for artists. I love the idea of supporting the artists that I love, buying their work, their maybe their exclusive work. But my question is like, what can I do with it? Can I put it on the wall in my home and enjoy its beauty every day? Can it enhance my actual physical environment? I'm all in support of supporting the artists I love and having some some work of theirs that's non-replicable, that it's exclusive or verified art of theirs. But practical application, what can I do with it? The answer, the best answer I've heard is like, I can... I can have it. It's, it'll be worth something. I can just have it. I have yet to hear something that's convincing there. The thing is, it's so incredibly simple and yet at the same time so incredibly difficult to truly be right here, fully present right here in the now in this analog world it's so difficult that actually most of us cannot do it. So instead, we're distracting the fuck out of ourselves with rendering ourselves with AI technology and creating some metaverse, meta-universe with clothes for our avatars that we can't actually wear and buying and selling things we can never actually touch or use or enjoy or spending more time with people in a video game reality than the actual humans in our lives. And Frankly, every single one of us with our phones and our devices, we're clinically addicted to these dopamine hits throughout the day, looking at posts and, and texts and tweets and reels. And I mean, I'm guilty of this too. We're somehow suddenly unable to just put our phones down and put them away for any period of time and just be. But even though I also probably really need to get in the habit of putting my phone in a cupboard for most of the day, 
Personally, I think I am more inclined to want more analog than AI. So here's how I think good old plain boring analog can eat AI for breakfast. I can hold another warm and breathing creature in my arms and physically feel my chest warm and tingle and expand past the bounds of my beating heart and my physical body. I can hug another human while dancing and telegraph feeling and music and rhythm and movement to them without saying a word, and they can hear what I'm saying and respond back without a word. I can walk outside and attune my consciousness to the magnitude of the sky and the trees and the hummingbirds diving in the canyon near my house, and I can change my breath and my body and my physiology and my consciousness to that same level of magnificence. I can close my eyes in meditation and slow and expand time. I can lose the awareness of my thoughts and the clock and time passing and my hands sitting in my lap, and I can experience myself as pure consciousness or as the unified field. I can create joy out of thin air, joy so big that it sends rivers of light through my veins that makes it impossible not to skip and dance and sing. And this light is so big that it bleeds out past the edges of my body. I can dream up something beautiful from my imagination. I can make it with my own hands. I can put it on my body to wear and I can dance in my creation. An artist can write words or music or poetry that can travel through time and space to land inside the cavity of another person's chest, causing them to weep with beauty or expansion or a deeper sense of their humanity. This is magic. Analog magic. All of these things are actually incredibly simple, but they're also hard and slow. You cannot access them in the few clicks of an app. We also have a magnificent internal navigation system as humans that if we turned off all the digital noise, if we stopped these sort of synthetic IV drips, the diet of fear chatter and chemicals and distraction, and we just sat quietly with ourselves, that navigation system would tell us all we needed to know. But we've become so disconnected from this, so disconnected. And the irony is, instead of recognizing that and putting our efforts into finding a way back to that, we've just created more disconnection. Almost like, do we think it's a remedy for the distraction? Or is it actually just a further distraction? The other grand irony is in all of this. We can create the most sophisticated technologies with, some of them, no real practical application. And yet we can't figure out how to feed all of our neighbors. We can create multi-billion dollar companies that send people into space, but we can't figure out how to get our children what they need to thrive, or everyone the healthcare they need, or dare I even suggest, learn how to support people with holistic or preventive modalities for health and well-being. It starts to feel like a massive misapplication of our human genius, no? So no, 
I will not be getting on the AI portrait bandwagon. They're cool looking. I enjoy seeing yours. But I feel no need to look for my beauty reflected back to me by an app. I want to look at you in real life. And as one person I saw wrote, maybe we also read the fine print. (laughs) And no, I don't want a virtual pair of Balenciaga pants or an Hermes bag that I can put on my avatar so I can hang out with you in some meta hangout. Now, I don't really have inherent problems with technology. I think as a collective, we, we signed up. We agreed to go down this path of creating and utilizing more technology, greater technology. Of course, there's real potential there with advancing technology, both for human benefit and human distraction. It's like so many of the things we're already putting into our consciousness, into our bodies, including our devices, like all the ones we're on right now, And our relationship with them, you know, these are further disconnecting us from our real power or perhaps keeping us disconnected from our real power. And I just think that the more we head down a road that is more artificial, that's disconnected from the present, from the physical moment, from the physical body and the physical experience, without a really conscious examination of why and how and where we're headed, I just think it has this trap of being a real distraction at best and a dangerous path at worst. If we can remain ruthlessly aware of our consciousness around technologies and our relationship to them and choose from that and keep coming back to that, not getting sucked in by these sort of sparkly trendy bandwagons, then I think it's fine. But to be honest, I don't see most people doing that. I see us getting sort of lulled or distracted like in that woods where we get obsessed with the amazing world and the VR headset without realizing the amazing world is waiting for us. So I want real sun on my face. I want real dancing with real humans. I want real hugs and real cat cuddles. I want real art on my walls and in my home and in my closet or on my body. I want to make real things. I guess I just really think that the medicine for us in this world that's so increasingly disconnected and distracted and digitized and made artificial, I think the medicine is to be more in the analog, to be simpler. It isn't easy, it isn't novel, it isn't a fast fix, but I really think that there is more power there. I prefer that kind of power, which I think is far more powerful than virtual realities and glossy portraits and metaverses where I can escape. I don't want to escape. I want to ground down. I want to opt in and not out of what's here. I want simple but profound. And you know what? I'm pretty sure that means resisting the seductive AI portrait temptation of finding out what I look like as an artificially rendered but hopefully hot-looking 1940s vintagey woodland fairy meets tango dancer in a ball gown with cat ears. Mm-hmm.